Welcome to the Digital Transformation of Business podcast, brought to you by Hughes On. All right, we're back. This is Curtis Campbell. We've taken a little bit of a break from our normal podcast series, but we're going to get right back into it. We've got a really exciting topic to talk about today. Super excited to be here. I'm joined by one of the other usual suspects, Chuck Keeler, my friend and colleague. But we've got a special guest that's joining us on the podcast today, and that's my other friend. That's uh, Chris Pascal, who's actually a senior sales director on the Hughes Large Enterprise Sales Team. So we're going to take a slight step away from the normal topics of maybe employee engagement or digital signage or digital media and really talk about another key area of uh, where the industry is going, and that's talking about SD-WAN. We're going to be drawing on a couple of articles and really more of Chris's expertise. But we've, we've got a great article that was actually penned by another colleague of ours, a guy named Shahid Javed. And we're going to be talking about SD-WAN and how a tailored SD-WAN approach can make all the difference for a forward-thinking, growing company. So before we even get into that meat of the presentation, Chris, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. And then I'm going to have you go right into that question of what is SD-WAN and what does it do for an organization? Yeah, definitely. I've been with Hughes for over 20 years, and I've been working in all aspects of sales for them and what we call our large enterprise sales organization. And right now, I'm responsible for the management of our sales force, specifically focused on the eastern seaboard of the United States and a few other key states. As part of our portfolio of service offerings, we do offer an SD-WAN service. And, you know, obviously that's a big, big buzzword in the industry today. And we'll get into Hughes's perspective and, and how we deliver those types of solutions for our clients. But one of the things that I'm excited about is that Hughes has actually been doing services for SD-WAN for many, many years, even before SD-WAN was coined or termed. SD-WAN. And, and SD-WAN, for those that don't know, is a, an acronym for Software Defined Wide Area Networking. And historically, when folks are networking their remote locations to a central point or to a cloud or a, a network operating center or data center, they've had to set up routes over what we call IP network connections. And those are all planned and configured and set up ahead of time so that each of the remote locations knows how to uh, traverse the network and get back. That's great. You know, it provides a great basis for security and a great basis for understanding how the traffic is going to flow and being able to isolate when things are not going the way that you anticipate. But what SD-WAN offers is a more agile, flexible way to set up your network in a logical format. In most instances, or in many instances, you can layer in security as well, so you don't have to worry about a lot of the other issues aligned with remote access and, and people trying to hack into the system. And it does allow you to make changes somewhat on the fly. It's a lot easier to manage your network when you're using a software-defined setup rather than kind of these hard routes that are configured into your remote equipment. So, Chris, you said you did SD-WAN before SD-WAN was called SD-WAN more or less. What was being done in the industry before SD-WAN came about? So uh, you have to understand kind of where networking has come from. For the most part, there's been really private networks and public networks. And public networks is really what we would kind of understand as just a general internet access. And initially, and for good reason, corporations were hesitant to pursue a public internet connectivity solution because a lot of their information was 
private and uh, needed to be protected, et cetera. So they stuck with private network solutions. What they ultimately did is they said, and just as a side note, Hughes at the time offered satellite exclusively for their network connectivity solutions. And as a defined solution, it really was a private network. Okay, It didn't touch the internet. There were ways of doing that. We won't get into that today. But uh, effectively, it was a private network solution. What had evolved over time is that the public network has become more and more prevalent, omnipresent, and more stable and available for folks to use. It's also gotten enhanced security, and it's gotten cheaper, actually less expensive to be able to utilize. So corporations have now incorporated that into their options as part of a core network connectivity option. The advantage that Hughes had that most of the other companies didn't have is that we needed to be thinking about at that time when we were in our private network solution, how to be efficient, how to get the most out of a bandwidth connection, because satellite as a definition is a relatively expensive proposition when you're talking about bit-based connectivity. The other thing is how do we accelerate the speed, the uh, responsiveness for the applications. And each application we had to look at and study differently. Because of that discipline, because of the way we looked at networks, which was completely different than somebody putting up a fixed network speed and then just saying, run your applications over that and you get what you get and that's the way it works. Hughes was able to optimize and tweak and provide capabilities and technologies that would accelerate, partition, prioritize traffic over that private network. And fast forward to 2019, effectively that's what SD-WAN solutions are doing. They're taking applications that are now running on broadband and they're saying, how do we prioritize? How do we make it faster? How do we get applications to behave? And what happens in an environment when there's an interruption? How do we respond to that? And how does that affect or how can we mitigate the end user experience from being affected? So SD-WAN, effectively what they're trying to solve with that concept is, again, it's a software-defined routing protocols that allow you to connect all your endpoints up without having to worry about the fixed layer access. Yeah, that would be ideal because I want to make sure we're very clear as to what SD-WAN is and what it would do do for somebody. Right. So there's a lot of players in this space. And what companies are doing is they're either adding an appliance to an existing infrastructure like that that sits in front of their existing network, or they're putting in software or virtual machines into existing routers to apply this functionality. At the core of it, it is a intelligent way to make dynamic decisions about routing your traffic. And effectively, the only way SD-WAN really can work is you have to have it at a minimum two different transport types coming into that location. So in the old configuration or the way people used to manage their networks, they would just have a single connection. And network availability and reliability was pretty good. In the, in the broadband environment, it was kind of dependent upon that remote location, what was available for access. So what folks did was they would put in a primary connection and then they would put in a backup connection. And that backup connection would typically be some lower speed or some lower cost solution outside the primary network. And 
as that has evolved, we see networks now where you might have cable, for example, a 50 meg cable or a 25 meg cable at a remote location as a primary circuit, and a backup service might be a lower speed copper a based option or LTE 4G or even satellite. So there's other options to kind of provide this dual access. The key now is, is that SD-WAN knows that both of those are available. And instead of having it as a primary and a backup functionality, they look at it as primary, primary. You have two active transport options at each location. And depending upon the condition of the circuits, the application that's running, and the congestion or the, the utilization of the circuit, there can be dynamic decisions made as to how to route the traffic. So that's effectively what's being done in SD-WAN world. So for me, who doesn't have nearly the, that vast level of experience that you do, Chris, we understand at least at this point what SD-WAN stands for, but how is SD-WAN in and of itself really transforming the industry? And what are some of the key returns that an organization can get from utilizing it? So one of the big things is this transition from a private network environment to a public network environment that I mentioned earlier. Private network environment is typically three or four times the cost of a broadband solution. So when you're putting in multiple broadband connections, you're still saving a significant amount of dollars on a monthly basis just for that core connectivity. So yeah, what SD-WAN does now is it allows you to have an enterprise-grade solution using the broadband connections instead of using a private network connection. So out of the gate, folks that are coming from that environment are getting a, at least a two-time saving benefit. So there's a cost benefit, a huge cost benefit. I mean, you're seeing 2x. Right. So that's that's big. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a very important factor, obviously, to get someone to transition from an existing environment. One of the keys that people are going to consider when they're looking at it is where things like transition costs and timing and disruption to their operations. And that's a very important thing because it is not a trivial thing to move from one network environment to another. But the SD-WAN layer actually makes it easier because... You can do this migration in an ordered fashion. So, for example, if you have an MPLS circuit, which is a type of private network connection that many companies use that have remote locations, and you want to introduce a broadband connection to that location, if you've got an SD-WAN solution, many SD-WAN solutions will look at that and say, you know what, we'll still accommodate that MPLS connection will add the broadband, and now you have two connections that you can use, different types of connections, private and public, that allow you to migrate seamlessly or somewhat seamlessly to the new environment. And then the next step to get your cost savings is to effectively take that MPLS network out and drop in another circuit up. It can be a, a wireless connection or uh, some other broadband wireline option. So... And if I understand this correctly, one of the ways that the cost is actually saved is by being able to do more with the same pipe. Is that correct? Uh, that's another benefit of the SD-WAN, but in terms of the raw cost of delivering the services, in terms of the transport, that's not even in part of that. But the other benefit that you do get with SD-WAN is now you can 
what we used to call in the old days at Hughes in terms of the satellite technology, sizing a network. You can now basically understand what an application requires in terms of network capacity, and you can build your network in a way that you don't need to overbuild it. Now, a lot of folks look at internet and say, you know what? I'm just going to buy more capacity. It's an incremental cost. It's not that dramatic. And there is some truth to that. So you'll see people that say, let's just keep adding more bandwidth, more bandwidth, more bandwidth. But you get to a point where you could say, hey, you know what? How much bandwidth do you really need to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish? And what happens if that 50 meg circuit breaks or more commonly acts sporadically or operate sporadically where you've got good benefit. I currently is kind of as, as a side note, I have a home office and I run into this issue all the time where I could be running an application. We do a lot with video conferencing. It's an application that I rely upon and I could be running very favorably, no, no issues whatsoever. It's not a congestion issue on my network. Then all of a sudden, because I'm in a cable-based solution, the network capacity that's offered to me is compromised. And what happens is I get glitches on my video, my audio goes out. It's a real pain point for me. And how do we prevent those types of things from happening? And that's what not only SD-WAN helps to prevent, because now you've got alternate connectivity coming into that remote location, but the Hughes approach, the Hughes-specific approach, is set to monitor that very closely so that in some instances, in fact, they're replicating, not to get too technical, but they're replicating the exact same traffic over the two transport points so that if one were to fail, there's absolutely, it's imperceptible to the end user that something's occurred. So you alluded to tailoring the solution to your business, to your specific needs. And the article we're reading talks about tailoring. What can you tell us about the benefits of being able to tailor your solution so it's not just a one-size-fits-all for everyone. What what do we get from that? So, and again, I'm going to talk about it from the Hughes perspective a little bit, but SD-WAN effectively has this kind of overlaying capability that says, I've got dynamic abilities to reroute traffic, et cetera. But what you may want to do is you may want to enable certain capabilities within a box that says, hey, you know what, for what we will call real-time traffic, I don't want to switch or reroute traffic as frequently, or there might be a different threshold that I want to set for different applications because it's a little bit more sensitive. And what you'll find, which is very common in a broadband environment, broadband network environment, is that because there are changes in the capacity that's offered, in the availability, there's terms like packet loss, et cetera, because of glitches that have happened. If you set your thresholds too tightly and you make that as a standard across all applications and across all locations, then what happens is it's going to treat an interactive application like, say, voice over IP the same as it's going to treat a file transfer application. And those are two entirely different types of applications and don't require the same settings. In fact, wouldn't benefit the same way. So what we're saying is you can tweak it, tailor it, set it up on an application basis 
and on a threshold basis. What do we want to switch when? And that can be an iterative process as to what works best for each customer. But as, from a Hughes perspective, we're set up with our own technologies, and we have, as I said, we've developed a lot over the years. We, I mean, a lot of folks may not know this, but we have over a thousand patents built around network capabilities. So we're able to apply that expertise into our solution sets that we provide, even using standard platforms. There's plenty of platforms out there like Fortinet and Cisco and Meraki and Juniper and the like. We can still apply some of our capabilities on top of it. Yeah, so I actually had the opportunity to sit in with a presentation that you, Chris, did a, a little while ago. And you mentioned some of the industry trends and, and why organizations are going to SD-WAN. I know we've talked about a few points. So what are some of the industry trends around SD-WAN? One of the other key drivers or the trends around that is obviously cost, we said, but the other thing is the management of the solution. In the traditional network environment, even when you're using broadband or even when you're using a private network, you've got to get down to the remote site level and you've got to set up policies and profiles for each of those locations. And if you need to make a network change or if there's some kind of thing that you've defined that you're adding an application, all of a sudden you've got to change policies, you've got to go down to each of those remote locations and make that policy change. From a management solution, from an SD-WAN management solution, it has the intelligence and the dynamics where you can say, I'm adding an application, and it will accommodate or adjust to it. We have a, a set of terms that we use in our vernacular, but effectively we call that type of thing active classifier. And what it does is it allows you to take an application that they haven't seen before, measures the amount of traffic, the idiosyncrasies around that application and comes up with the best set of policies and dynamics around that application automatically. So from a management perspective, it takes a lot of load off of the network IT managers. Chris, can you give us an example of where you've seen this really change a company that somebody has implemented these technologies and seen a transformation? Absolutely. So I mentioned before about my own experience trying to do video conferencing from a remote location and having one access pipe to do it. One of our clients, a company called One Main Financial, it does consumer lending. They have a lot of remote locations, over 1,700 locations, and we had provided a, what I would call a, a traditional primary backup solution for them for many years. In fact, we had started with satellite with them, and it was great from a always-on persistent connectivity type solution, but one of their key applications is a voice over IP, and, and what that effectively is, is it's taking telephone calls and being able to route that over their data network. It is great in concept because you save a lot of money not having to route it over your traditional analog service, and it got them to eliminate a lot of lines. The risk or the concern that they have in doing that, though, is that if there's any kind of effect on the data network, and obviously there's other applications that are running, not just the voice over IP, that could impact that application. Well, what SD-WAN, and more specifically what Hughes did for OneMain, and this kind of goes back to the tailoring of the solution as well, is we 
augmented our existing solutions. And at that time, we had a service solution that had a traditional router in there with a broadband circuit. And we said, you know what? We need to protect. This is so important to their business. And as a side note, one main, most of their applications and their and their approvals are done via phone. Believe it or not, about 85% of their business is still carried that way. So this is the heartbeat. This is their bread and butter. They can't afford not to have that working. It costs them real dollars to just have seconds of outage. So what they asked us to do is they said, okay, we're good with going over the broadband connection. We're good with running voice over IP. But when, and it's, and it's, it's when, it's not if, we have an impact to the network. How can we recover from that? Hughes actually already had an active tech solution in place, but added a capability which we called Active Path, which effectively, uh, I alluded to this before, replicates that traffic over a secondary connection. And so what happens is if that is impacted during a live telephone conversation, the people on both ends of that conversation, that telephone call, it's imperceptible. They don't know that the network went down and now they're running on the secondary network because of the fact that we're duplicating packets. That was something that we actually added. It was a capability that we added to our existing set of services for that SD-WAN solution. To add to that, we've now improved upon the flexibility on how it goes back and forth. And one of the key factors, and, and a lot of customers should be aware of this, or potential customers that are looking at SD-WAN is not all SD-WAN solutions are alike. And so when they look at something like what I just described, the first question that will come to mind is, well, if I'm going to use a wireless connection or more generically a metered connection, um, and you're going to be replicating packets over that connection. Isn't that going to drive my cost up? And what we do is we can turn that capability on and off. And basically, there's some intelligence that is monitoring both of those circuits at all times so that we, A, know what the volume is. And by the way, the VoIP is a very low data rate application. It might not seem like it is, but it is. The second thing is, is we can meter it ourselves. We have the ability within our SD-WAN solution say, okay, you're reading, reaching capacity. So a lot of SD-WAN solutions don't have that level of integration and that level of intelligence. And for one main, this has now become critical to their operation. So summarizing your experience with one main, I know that we have a great relationship with some of their key stakeholders. If you had to summarize some of their key results that they've been able to accomplish by rolling this out. Can you explain what those are real quick? Well, I don't have the hard numbers in front of me, but I would. they have told us that, first of all, their business is thriving. So they have more and more demand for more and more services around consumer lending, and they do different programs during the year that's focused not only on different markets, but on different types of loans. So they, they do asset loans. They'll do payday-type loans. There's all kinds of different structures that they can put in place and allows them to give them more flexibility. The speed and agility of being able to do these things has improved their business process. Um, and there's other things they're thinking about doing, actually, with us because of their 
growth in their core business, things around analytics on the networks, things around even using Wi-Fi to give them more mobility and more flexibility in, in doing their actual core business. But a couple years ago, one thing that kind of drove all of this was one main actually merged or bought a company called City Financial, which was doing effectively the same things. And at the time, one main was about a 900-unit company and effectively doubled the size of their company. So in terms of, you know, is it 20% more? Is it 30% more? I don't have the hard numbers in terms of year over year, but I do know that they are, are constantly asking us to increase capacity. We're still putting in bigger and thicker circuits at all of their locations on an ongoing basis. And they're asking us for more services and more capabilities so that they can really focus on their core business and have us manage all of the other stuff on the back end. Cool. Yeah, that's impressive. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. a good story. It's exciting because it's a value for both companies, right? There's an absolute win for one main because we're able to provide these services for them that if they were to kind of manage, and there are a lot of companies out there that try to manage these things internally themselves. And there's some fun companies that can do that and integrate it into kind of their core expertise, if you will. But there's so many more companies that if they could just outsource that capability to a company like Hughes to do that, it would free them up and they would probably have similar story. Now, granted, people, there's lots of people out there that want money. And so that helps their business. <laughs> but of course, depending upon the business type and what have you, if you can really have those folks focus on their, on that aspect of it and leave the networking and the extra parts to us to deal with uh, on the back end. The beauty of a managed service. Exactly. Exactly. If you want to think of them as a poster child for managed service solutions in SD-WAN, I would think they would be great. And I think Curtis had alluded to it before, but we obviously have a great working relationship with these folks. They have kind of touted this ability as a competitive advantage. There's a little bit of, obviously, hesitation to go out to the market and kind of disclose all of their secrets and what they do. But again, it is, a, it is absolutely competitive advantage the way they operate. Yeah, I was actually going to say that, you know, if, if SD-WAN, at least in the way we were describing it today, can serve as a, a real competitive advantage, and it sounds like it is, is that's your expertise and your, your example that you shared is, is fascinating. So the article we've been discussing on this podcast episode is eight points to help find SD-WAN tailored for you. So if you go to HughesOn.com, search for that title, you'll find it there. That's going to give you additional information and links to other articles as well. But Chris here has enlightened me. I'm an SD-WAN amateur. I know the very, very most basic functionality and features of SD-WAN. Yeah, and what I was going to say is, you know, people throw this SD-WAN and it's a big, big buzzword. And it means it actually defined differently by different folks, but it's a relatively simple concept unless you, and I've been doing this for so long, and I think we all kind of fall into this, is that you kind of get so comfortable with it that you just assume that folks understand the acronyms and, and the level of understanding that, that I have just kind of instinctually at this point. So if somebody knows even less than Curtis and myself, if they don't even know what SD-WAN is, is <laughs> <laughs> almost not possible. <laughs> if, if somebody's saying, hey, you know what, my distributed enterprise we need something more efficient. We need something more tailored. We need a network that fits our needs. 
are they going to stumble upon SD-WAN? Is it a pretty natural thing that they're going to come upon when they're doing the internet searches? Where are they going to look? That's a, actually a, a great question. And that would be an ideal client or target for us as somebody who's at that kind of level of understanding and saying, hey, you know what, I really need help here and I just don't know what options there are. And to answer your question, let's say they go in and they go, hey, you know, I need a managed network provider or I need somebody who's got network expertise or they and they start putting in Google search terms like that. They're going to come upon companies that provide those types of services and what they're going to get hit with bombarded with is SD-WAN terminology because that's what everybody is leading with. And it's almost, it's a fail-safe kind of a crutch that I think is, it's absolutely overused because it's, it's a concept about the next generation broadband network that allows you to do the ability to have kind of an enterprise-grade solution. The, whereas historically, like I, I said before, in my home, I have a broadband connection, and it's not an enterprise-grade solution. It's a consumer solution. So, yes, that, they're going to lead with SD-WAN, 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 but the truth of the matter is, is you kind of peel it away. There's elements of that that they may not need, and we can absolutely build it kind of to form as from Hughes. And there's other companies that do that, but we can build it to form to say, hey, no, this is what fits your environment better and, or not. And we have had opportunities and actual engagements where clients have said that. They say, hey, you know what? We were a small organization. We have, you know, 60 sites where we are connecting and we've always done things in-house and kind of just brute forced it. And now we've got all these other elements to think about, like, you know, PCI, which is a big term for network security when you're doing credit card transactions and and a whole host of other things that it becomes too overwhelming. And in fact, so that's just organic growth. If they merge scenarios where companies merge with other companies and they just throw their hands up and say, we just don't know how to deal with it. That's where we can come in. And well, help. yeah, at the end of the day, you don't really need to be an expert in any of this if you're going to partner with a managed service provider like Hughes or somebody else. So somebody like myself, somebody like Curtis, we might want to be a little bit more well-versed in this, what we might be getting into if we're purchasing such a solution. But at the end of the day, we're paying somebody to come in and be the experts and know how to deal with the problems and monitor everything and really be the captain of that ship. So we as business owners don't even need to worry about it. Well, I think we're fresh out of time today. So Chris, I'm very, very grateful for the time you've dedicated to us. And it's certainly fun to have you in our little podcast studio and look forward to having perhaps even a follow-up discussion to this in the short term. And Chuck, of course, thank you. And we look forward to having you join us on this and many other episodes to come. Thank you again. Thank you.